Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, starting on May 2nd, we have some competition. The Tipping Pitches podcast has a new competitor coming into the world of baseball media. Oh my God. Are you are you aware of this breaking news? I don't think so. It broke much earlier today, but alas, you have told me you are off Twitter for today, <laughs> which is great. Off work and off Twitter. Living a healthy life. <laughs> what do I have to prepare myself for? I'm just going to read you the quote from the press release first. Okay. I hope the audience will find my experiences and the people I crossed paths with over the last 44 years interesting as I have. I'm looking forward to sharing my stories and talking with old friends about the game that we love. Alex, that is from the press release for 5460, the Joe West podcast. What? Beginning on May 2nd. What? (laughs) I can't believe you didn't see this. No. Wow. You should stay off Twitter more often. It's good (laughs) for the podcast. It is good for the podcast, right? You can break this to me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wow. The Joe West podcast, Alex. Can you think of anybody better to give a podcast to? I mean, I thought this was a new like Francesa venture. Oh, you know, no, he's already done that but, like five or six times. Right, right. And I was going to say, I think we've got this. We have his market down already. No, this is this is groundbreaking. This is new. This is disruption. This was probably the most logical pivot for him, right? I, I mean, I maybe I would have put money on getting back into the studio. But I guess he's there in a different way, right? I can tell. It was like the TV studio. Oh, no, it's like, then I realized you were talking about the, <laughs> the, recording, the studio. recording studio. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I saw a lot of people making the joke that they give microphones to the umpires now and Joe West feels left out. So he just goes and gets a podcast. Mm. Um, do you think this podcast is going to be, be good? Do you think it's going to be a good podcast? So you said it's the 5460? podcast i don't really understand why those are the numbers but that is what it's called okay um has he given any context as to the content of the show any first guests oh here i've read further down in the press release (laughs) that's how many games that he umpired in his career 5,460 gotcha that feels like it doesn't need to be in the title of the podcast right as a as a (laughs) podcast producer just given a little free note from my man joe So, are there any like guests that he's teasing? Is it just him shooting the shit with other umpires? KMOX's Mike Claiborne, currently in his 16th year on the Cardinals radio broadcast, will host the show with West. That's all we know. I mean, that feels like the perfect recipe, right? It's just give the Cardinals and Joe West. <laughs> I wasn't even going that route. I was just just give him a mic and let him do his thing, right? Like sure. don't don't box the guy in. Yeah. Just the play-by-play, just keep it moving. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let him be the color. (laughs) Level with me right now. Would you co-host this podcast with Joe West? Don't, not leave me. Don't leave me. Would you just do this in the other free time that you have? Is this, is this a weekly venture? I don't know. Okay. It's not a very good press release. (laughs) Don't know a ton about the podcast. I think it might be a fun bit for a little while. I think you would probably start to get sick of my shit. After a few episodes, he would get sick of your shit. Well, because. Right. I don't think that Joe West is going to do bits. Right. And like, it's. That's kind of what we do. And it's his show. Right. So like, you kind of have to cater to him. So if you're just sitting there snickering as he talks about the, the (laughs) 2,951st game that he umpired, game that he umpired. Right. He was at first for that one. He was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd respect it if it was like a rundown of every game he's done. Just a recap pod? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> 5,460. All right. We are now tuning in to episode 3,722. Uh, this one is about Brewers Pirates 2007. <laughs> Joe, take it away. <laughs> I really, I again, not to... Uh, not to go too far on this on this 
bit. I mean, maybe we're kind of past that point with Joe West, but like, I'm more interested in his musical career than his umpiring career, frankly. Like, we've seen his umpiring career play out. I'm sure he has stories with which he will regale <laughs> the, the dozens of listeners. <laughs> dozens. Just for context, Alex, he has 65 monthly listeners on, on Spotify. Cowboy Joe West, 65 monthly listeners. Do you think the podcast will do better or worse than that? It has to do better than that. You think? <laughs> Who is the audience for this? Real question. Are you going to subscribe to this? You've been known to subscribe to things that don't actually appeal to you right. for content. Just so that I'm, I'm, I, I like to say abreast of what's going on on the other side of the baseball world. <laughs> so I may tune in for episode one. Just, again, out of sheer curiosity. I'm going to wait for, for the first 10 to come out, and then I'm going to binge them, you know, Netflix That's style. Good call. Good yeah, call. exactly. Um, I asked you if there's anybody that you'd rather see be gifted a podcast in the mm. greater baseball world. Right. Is there anybody that you would want to have a podcast less than Joe West? <laughs> Is he in the bottom five of people whose podcast you would you were, like, waking up in the morning or sitting straight up in bed in the middle of the mm-hmm. night being like, I need this person to have a podcast. Is Joe West in the final five on planet Earth? <laughs> right. Like most umpires, I think, well, here's the thing, actually. Okay. Yes. I'm like talking myself into yes. it now. Here comes the zag. I think most umpires probably are are not enough of a divisive personality to mm. actually be able to host something like this. Embrace right. That's debate with Joe West. This is part of his charm, right? Is that he is a turnoff to almost everyone he meets, right? I mean, the fear now, right, is if we give him this platform, what's next? And it's good? Even if it's not, like, does it, if it, even if it's bad. does he, like, parlay it into, like, a Senate run? Right. In Tennessee or something? I don't know where he lives. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, I have that fear. He's pretty old, though. Mm -hmm. So he would have to really hit it off quickly. Although we've seen, you know, (laughs) podcasting gives people a lot of power. Not us yet, but some people. <laughs> wow. Joe West for Senate. The last five people you'd want to have a podcast in the baseball world go. Christ. I got three right here. Kurt Schilling. I just wrote them down just for shits and gigs. Mm-hmm. Kurt Schilling, Rob Manfred, Garrett Cole. <laughs> Don't want to listen to that voice for an <laughs> <Garrett> hour. <long>. Cole. <laughs> Right, it's not even about the content. It's just an aesthetic choice. No, I don't think he would say anything interesting, and then you'd just be listening to Garrett Cole um, and uh, his way through not talking about spider Attack for an yeah. hour. Yeah. I mean, there's you could probably list, like, half of the broadcasters in the league right now. I don't think they need any more of a platform than they already have, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as they stop talking Tom about Brennan baseball, Pod things are going to get real dicey real quick. <laughs> we opened this week talking about cancel culture. <laughs> And we're going to close this week talking about cancel. Culture. How how soon does do you think that comes up on his on, on Joe West on Joe West pod? podcast? Is that like an E three? That's a phenomenal question. Um, I think he's going to stick to sports. Mm-hmm. Although he has a song on his spoken word album called "Boys in Blue," so yeah, actually, you're right. Um, I think within the first ten, in the first in the first ten that I binge, it'll be in there. Right, he has. It'll he be has, about how baseball has changed too much. He's been mired in enough controversy that I think he will bring up how he was silenced, or or how the left attempted to silence him following. I don't know. Support for Trump almost feels too easy, right? <laughs> It'll he'll use like rule changes as a way in, and then he'll start talking about how the times are changing too quickly, mm-hmm. and then he'll weirdly start talking about like Alyssa Nacken and be like, "I just don't agree with it." <laughs> right? I just and then he'll should, jump to like Trump. I just think it, you know. Look, I I like Alyssa. Alyssa seems great. I have no problem with women in sports. I just think they should be giving the job to the most qualified person. That's it right there. That's There you go, Joe. We're giving away segments. You, <laughs> Shadow producers Bobby and Alex on the Joe West podcast. Would, um, you, would you have him on? On our podcast. On, on here, yes. You mean like in his promotional cycle when he's like going around being like launching this new podcast? Exactly. Would I have him on? Um. Yeah, I think I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wouldn't tell him who we are. Right. And presumably whoever is producing this podcast based on the press release right. would not do the, the the hard work of listening to our podcast 
to determine whether or not we're a good outlet for him. Right, exactly. It's the it's kind of the, the Eric Andre style, right? Like book book your celebrities knowing that the they bit. have no clue what's going. Hey, we're a baseball podcast. We talk about just two uh, guys. We love the game. Yeah, you know, grew, grew up on the game, just like you. We love the game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even I, like first question. What would you ask? Hey, Joe, congrats on fifty four sixty. Did you retire early because you felt the pressure of cancel culture closing in on you? Actually, my first question would be where to find the his lost album because there's because so there's because there's one on Spotify, right? But there is one that was released on prob- his in- unsecure website, right? Exactly, HTTP. Like, two, like two decades ago. This right. is this is Joe West, like peak MLB, peak of his umpiring career. Yeah, and he said. I have something else to say. This is like Joe West's Wu-Tang album that got bought by (laughs) Shkreli. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Some huge baseball fan is out there just owning the Joe West album and none of us, none of us can hear it. Yeah. If, if you, the listener own the Joe West album or know someone who does, please, please upload that shit to media (laughs) fire zip file. Send it our way. (laughs) We just get like a really shady attachment. You know, like alarm bells go off on our laptop trying to download it. Right. I think that Joe West is more of an analog guy. He probably has physical copies of that bad boy. I well, I actually I I came so close because if you go to discogs.com, which they are are purveyors of of new and used uh vinyls, I believe there is no maybe ads. one I'm that name there's out. one or two <laughs> for sale, but they were like for 70 bucks and I couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger. What? You didn't tell me about this. Well, this was a while ago. This was a while what ago. Kind of now co- we- this was before we were raking in that sweet cash. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at this, we might sign off. I sign off on okay. purchasing that. Okay. This is how Alex and I do, do business. You know, before we send a tweet with a photo of us, before we make a purchase, it's just uh-huh. we do a little hand signal of making a check. Sign off. Yeah. Um, I sign off on purchasing the Joe West album for any sum of money. I see you're saying this to me right now, and I'm, I'm taking it seriously. Because well, I, I, why wouldn't you be taking it seriously? <laughs> I'm right, not kidding. Here we go. We're buying the Joe West album. We're talking about it next week on the podcast. Good luck to Joe West. It's it's tough out here launching a new pod. It is. A lot of competition. A lot of fish in the sea. We'll see if he can cut through it. Yeah. Scooped up by the athletic in six months. How book, quickly before it. he has more subscribers than us? First day, second day, never. Right, but but what's his retention rate really? Exactly, exactly. Third quartile, Joe West. Talk to me then. Um, <laughs> didn't expect this Joe West segment to go so long, <laughs> but here we are, fifteen minutes in. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. It just a gift dropped on our doorstep from the lovely son of the Reds owner. As well as some some gift wrapped quotes from Dave Cavill, our favorite man, uh, and and a, a few other small items. But before we do all of that, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley, and you are listening to Tipping Pitches. Alex, it feels like now that the baseball season is back, we have one segment per week where it's just kind of a little bit of a speed round, a roundup of all of the dumb stuff that management has done in the past week. Mm -hmm. Because throughout the lockout, that was kind of the whole pod. The entire thing was, how are negotiations going? How stupid is management being this week? How much do they really not want to play a baseball season? But we're trying to contain that into a smaller segment, maybe at the beginning, maybe at the middle of an episode. Um today after 20 minutes of joe west podcast talk only could do it one way (laughs) um my question to you before we even start doing that this week is do you think we should name this segment do we should we just should we just tie it up into one nice neat little package and give it a name every week and just just do this whenever it needs to be done right i mean my only fear there is is what if the content isn't there right but well we don't have to commit to it every week we just you know we do it here and there right but we call it something so that thus, people know what far, to expect. it has been a weekly occurrence <laughs> that some owner shows their ass. Exactly right. Here's what I would pitch the name of this segment to be. We call it, Where Are You Gonna Go? <laughs> because you're already listening to the podcast. Where are you gonna go? Where are you going you're to gonna go? You're gonna listen to us talk about Phil Castellini. Who else is gonna do it? Who else is gonna give it to you? Who else is gonna talk for 20 minutes about the son of Bob Castellini, the carrot god, play the music. Thank you.
He's got carrots and lettuce and mushrooms, porcini, the vegetable king, Bob Castellini. Phil Castellini, you know, really getting Reds fans in the mood for baseball this season. Yeah. You know, greater Cincinnati area. Coming off a coming off the Bengals losing in the Super Bowl, heartbreaking loss, bright future for Joe Burrow and those guys. And now we head into baseball season. So happy to have baseball back. That's so great. Great American ballpark, lovely place to see a game. Heading into the season, this is what Phil Castellini has to ask Reds fans. So you have people who say, "Look, uh, faith is earned. Fifteen years of ownership. They haven't won to the extent that we would like, and so you had my faith, but you've lost it. Why should that fan maintain trust in you?" Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> Let's start there. I mean, sell but the team to who? I mean, well, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? You know, if, if you want to look at what would you do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, mm-hmm. it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. Yeah. And so be careful what you ask for. You know, I think we're doing the best we can do with the resources well, that I, we have. I, I, we're no more pleased yeah. with the results than the right. fans. I'm not sitting here saying anybody should be. I'm not polishing any trophies in the office <laughs> yeah. right now, and that's what we're here to do. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is, and, and I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work, uh, and they came this close to working and didn't. Nobody's got to right. tell me it you didn't tried work. It. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So I think we've learned Different from those approach. things. And trust me, Nick is, is, a, is, a, he is a guy on a that's mission. Guy. And uh, he is a bull in a china shop that has his way to do it, and that way is to grow your own. And he's this is on Cincinnati Reds home opening day. Yep. Home opener for them. Where are you going to go? I would characterize that as a, just a bona fide threat. Right. He just got up yes. there and he threatened the fans. Yes. I mean, he was laughing his way through it, but but that's a legitimate threat. I'll move the team if you don't stop complaining. Mm-hmm. Talk about take your ball and go home. <laughs> Seriously. Owners are... Yeah, they're... Uh, it's not... <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. We're less than two weeks into the baseball season, everybody. Um, it's not often that I sympathize with the job that Rob Manfred has to do because he is, I would have to imagine compensated very well. He chose this. He had to make many choices along the way to become the baseball commissioner as he has pretty often reminded us that he left a very lucrative job in law to be the baseball commissioner. Mm-hmm. Dude, nobody fucking cares. <laughs> um, so it's not often that I sympathize with Rob, but when an owner goes out and does this at home on opening day for their organization, I'm like, what is Rob even supposed to do? Like, these guys are his bosses. Why would you say that? Why would you say that on a radio broadcast? Because here's the thing is, he's right, right? Like, what are, what are fans going to do? He, Phil Castellini, understands the power dynamics at play here and really sucks to hear them say the quiet part out loud. But at the end of the day, the, the choices are watch Cincinnati Reds baseball or don't watch Cincinnati Reds baseball, right? And he is sitting there saying, you can support us or not, but we're going to run the team the way that we would like to run the team. We're doing it in the way that we think is the best. Now, whether or not that is true or whether or not that's actually good for the organization as a whole is another thing, whether or not that actually puts a good product on the field. (laughs) But like... Again, he's not he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. But I think the thing is that, well, first of all, what this reveals to me is that Phil Castellini is, is very online. Because this man is worth hundreds of millions of dollars by inheriting a produce empire. Right. Vegetables, fruits, that sort of thing. As we all know. <laughs> I mean, as many Tipping Pitches listeners have contributed to proliferation of the knowledge of um and he is still somehow mad enough that he's like we could sit here and have this debate all day long i'm getting it left and right (laughs) it's just like whining about people complaining about the team being bad my dude you just traded everybody Mm -hmm. the second you had the chance yeah like you didn't even hang on to anyone other than joey Votto just for sentiment your mileage may vary i think it's pretty funny but it could also be pretty existential how little of a difference there really is between this attitude and any other tanking attitude. Because what are the Reds doing? They're just trying to be bad right now 
lower payroll and pocket some extra cash and hope that the prospects turn the franchise around in a few years. How different is that than name a team? The Orioles. How different is that than what the Cubs and the Astros did? It just might not work out. How different is it than the Diamondbacks? But not every, you know, VP of the team or whatever Phil Castellini's inherited title is because his dad built a carrot empire. Not every VP of the team goes out and actually says this at the first, literally the first chance that they get. <laughs> right. Asked, asked about what fans who are losing their faith in the team should think about ownership. This was his response. This was the top of mind was, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the fact that he had a chance. They gave this man a shot. Mm-hmm. To absolve himself, say sorry. Right, just got caught up in the heat of the moment. Walk you know, it back a little bit. Yeah, we're working really hard on the inside here, and we we hear a lot of criticism, and that criticism is fair. But here's my perspective. That's what he could have said. Here's what he did say. Well, well, by the way, for context, he's standing on the field. The team is taking batting practice behind him. We are mere hours before the home opener, and he's being interviewed. And this is what he says. I don't want to put you in a tough spot here, but some comments from earlier this morning on the radio or making their rounds on social media. I was just going to try to give you a platform to respond to kind of what you said earlier today, because I think some fans are taking it the wrong way, possibly, or you're feeling like they're rubbed the wrong way. Okay, which, what, what, you have to be more specific. Uh, just saying that, you know, what else are they going to do? Um, well, the, the answer is, are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? We haven't abandoned it. We haven't abandoned investing in the team and in, in the community. So the, the, the point is, how about everybody just settle down and celebrate and cheer for the team? You can, you can hate on us all you want. We're not going anywhere. We haven't abandoned our commitment to winning and investing in this franchise and in this community. So the point is, stay tuned and be a fan. Celebrate these guys and look what they did in Atlanta and, and come out here and celebrate that today. So whatever the message was heard, the, the, what I mean is, stay loyal to your team and the players that give you 110%. Stay loyal, Alex. You're feeling that a little bit. You're feeling loyal to the A's these days? <laughs> not these days, frankly. Um, but maybe I should. Right? Because have they abandoned the team? We're Don't get- answer that. Don't answer that question, <laughs> please. <laughs> We're going to get to that later. Uh, hit just an incredible double down. Oh, I mean, he hit the bingo card, dog. Uh-huh. In one fell swoop, he hit every single ownership talking point. Yeah. It was kind of a masterclass, yeah. if we're being honest. Kind of, kind of respect the fact that he said, whatever message you guys heard, I want to clarify, it's exactly that. <laughs> It's so good. I love that the state of baseball ownership is such that you can just, you can vaguely wave at these things that the public know about and then just be done with your comment. You don't have to expound upon it at all. In the first quote that we played, he's talking about it would be more profitable to move the team. Like so many people have made that threat that we just have a general societal understanding of what that even means. The Reds don't have a city that they're going to move to. They're not going to move the team. Right. And if they do, where are they moving it to that's so much more profitable than Cincinnati? How small a market are we really talking here? Like, we're all right in Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, you're doing okay with your TV deals. They like sports in Ohio. (laughs) You're doing all right with your national cable deals. Like, it's going to be okay. Just build a casino in the river outside Great American Ballpark. (laughs) Riverboat Casino. Um. And then in the second quote, just using those buzzwords of, we're not going anywhere. We're investing in the team and the community. Sure. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Where are the receipts? How are you investing in the community? Say more. (laughs) Keep going. If I'm the reporter there, I'm just like, say more about that, sir. Right. I'm keeping the mic right there. (laughs) Just leave it an awkward amount of silence. Do you think um, Phil Phil Castellini will be invited on the Joe West podcast? I hope. Can you imagine that conversation? That'd be really good. It'd be really good. Can you imagine Joe West joining Red's ownership? I mean, I feel like he was probably he was probably cashing in by the end there. Mm-hmm. That's tenure, you know, yes. forty four years of raises. Yes, cost of living raises. He's doing all right. Joe West is doing quite well for himself. <laughs> we can't go back to Joe. I know, West. I know, Too I know. much Joe West talk. Um, anything else to say about uh, Phil Castellini before we move on to another bumbling NL Central ownership group? I, I want to read you a counterpoint, Bobby. Oh. Real quick. 
because okay. I know we've spent please. we spent a lot of time bashing. Please bring me into the Phil. marketplace of ideas with you. But have you thought about this? That what if it's time to call a truce? This I'm is, open to the idea. This is the mm-hmm. idea put forth by uh, by by Phil Doherty of the Cincinnati Enquirer. Mm-hmm. Castellini's V fans needs to stop. This is a day after these quotes. Wow. Calling each, for an armistice. Each side knows how the other side feels. Well, each has expressed itself clearly. We've spent well, the offseason firing spitballs at each other. Time to turn the page. Firing spitballs is an interesting way of saying trading away all of the best players and the people who make and the players who make people fans. Yeah. I love how you snuck a little bat take traumatic oh, reading oh, out of me. Of, of course. Wow. In well, the back door here. <laughs> he goes on and says, the rhetoric flamed anew Tuesday. Doesn't actually I please, would you like to quote the would you like to quote phil paul what are, what did he say <laughs> i thought uh, his name was phil did i call him phil you did call him phil the first time oh my goodness that's <laughs> whatever we're leaving it in keep it on it's fine keep it it's fine it's fine he says you can debate the quality of the sorry phil castellini did ultimately through cincinnati reds pr come out and apologize if you can call it the that. charm for for his comments. Um, he says, you can debate the quality of the sorry, but what's the point? The whole move the team narrative was created by the heathen media. Ooh. That's Wow. Are we the heathen media? I'd like to be the heathen media. That's kind of like the, what we're striving for, if we're being honest. Yeah. That's what Joe West would be calling us by the end of the <laughs> interview that we did with him. <laughs> that joke was too good to take the Stevie Bark out. We're just leaving it in. <laughs> I again, there's no real point in here. This is this is the the start of his column in which he kind of goes on to talk about the Reds and others, other pieces of news in mm-hmm. Cincinnati sports media. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says it's not your responsibility to change the current sell the team sentiments. I'm just suggesting you cool it. Point made, yeah. Point made. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's just be nicer to each other. This guy has it all wrong. If you're a local sports columnist, you do not want things to simmer down. This is content. Yeah. Phil or Paul, whatever Paul. your name is. Paul, Mr. Don- Donahue, Donaghy, uh, Darty, Darty. <laughs> We're doing good. We are doing good. Long weekend. You want the controversy. You want the arguing. This just tells me that Paul Darty mm-hmm. got it that yep, time. Yep. This tells me that he doesn't do radio. Right. Because the radio people are probably eating this Eating up. it They're like, up. Phil, come on my show. Phil, come on tipping pitches. Yeah. We'll play him the jingle when he comes in. We'll play him the whole song when he goes out. <laughs> All right. Can we talk about the, the Nutting family? Yes. Let's talk about the Nutting family, Alex. You, uh, you sent me an article <laughs> that claims that the pirates pay for their entire payroll just by selling hot dogs. Can you expound upon that? Can you share um, your research? Yeah. So this comes from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The reporter is Mark Belko, although it seems that this was the product of a years-long attempt to get these records. So a part of the let's go a part of the FOIA. a part of the pirates democracy dies in darkness rental agreement for PNC Park is that they uh, they have to I guess collect these records and give them to the city? Question mark. Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do a little racketeering, you got to keep a paper trail, right? Um, the pirates, for their part, it seems, did not want these documents to be released, and I one one would wonder why. Um, one doesn't need to read that far into the article to find out why. Though. Nope, you don't even need to read past the past the fold, past good, the jump. Good lead on this this article, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you think the pirates are paying their players in peanuts, you're right, and in hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, and beer too. Bars. Yeah, the kind of lead you can only dream to to write. Walked right into it. Um, So the the gist of it is that Pirates Payroll for effectively for the last 15 years has more or less been been covered by the revenues from tickets, selling tickets and concessions. Basically, yeah. What we colloquially refer to as gate receipts. Yes. In the, the baseball world. Right, exactly. That's before they collect a single dollar from local TV deals, mm-hmm. from national TV deals, right? From <laughs> revenue sharing. <laughs> uh, 
I before they get a dollar from Major League Baseball, the corporation. And I'd like to point out that money likely runs into the not likely, absolutely runs into the tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. According to Fangraphs keeps a running updated chart on their website of local TV deals because the the national TV deals are split evenly mm-hmm. among the 30 teams. That is currently around $65 million of national TV money that each team receives. Um, the Pirates are one of the lowest TV deals, local TV deals. Do you know how much money they make, Alex? They make $44 million a year from hmm. local TV contracts. About. Interesting. Where's that money going, so, do you think? Oh, wait, hold on. I'm adding it. Mm-hmm. Do the math. I can see the wheels turning. Adding it. 44. $109 million, Alex. $109 million. That's how much money they are clearing. Now, obviously, there are other expenses, but there are also other revenue streams. Yeah. Like marketing, ads, sponsorships around the stadium, mm-hmm. you know, merchandise. Well, and their, and their claim is that, yes, there are other expenses, right? That is uh, scouting, player development staffs paying for the facilities, the upkeep of facilities. I'm just really resisting the urge to make a joke about all of these things. <laughs> Scouting, uh, not good with the Pirates. Right. Player development, even worse. The uh, facilities, on the other hand, though. PNC Park, I hear it's beautiful, haven't been, can't mm-hmm. confirm. Yeah. We'll go this year. Uh, minor league salaries as well on the payroll. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard anything about minor league salaries lately. What is the total expenditure for the Pirates minor league salaries? Less than 10, right? Absolutely. Less than five? Less than one million dollars? <laughs> I mean, there's only like a couple hundred. And they only make like twenty thousand a year. Right, exactly. The the most generous guess is a couple million, maybe, if you include the staff that right. runs the ballparks that uh run the, the teams. But again, we're talking like single digit millions of dollars here. The team would like you to believe that th- that that figure you said earlier, one hundred nine million dollars, one hundred ninety million dollars, nine, one hundred nine, one hundred nine million dollars. No fake news here. Is <laughs> no is, heathen media <laughs> is simply being reinvested back into the team, right? Right. Absolutely, Bob Nutting is not pocketing that cash. I mean, they're putting together a war chest for the next big free agent. Uh-huh. Juan Soto to Pittsburgh. Look out! If you take into account. Brian Hayes's uh, extension, <laughs> which was so under market, which was so under market, the Pirates' opening day payroll this year was fifty three million dollars. So, the checks that they are clearing outside of gate receipts are quite literally double mm-hmm. their payroll at the moment. Yeah, turns out baseball is profitable. <laughs> this just in, baseball. Is profitable. And well, and the thing is, like, this seems to undercut the argument that it's actually incredibly expensive to run a baseball team or it's expensive to to pay players, right? Because yeah. is your argument then that the payroll is actually the least of your worries? <laughs> <laughs> that it costs a hundred million dollars to do everything else? I'm so surprised that in their justification for how much money they need to spend outside of just the the pure salaries from the players on the major league roster they didn't bring up health insurance for the players ownership groups fucking love to talk about how much money it takes to insure baseball players yeah i'm like so then you do you support universal health care then right (laughs) medicare for all bob nutting what's up dog where are your political donations at were you at the bernie rallies my guy (laughs) to your point it not only undercuts the the argument that they make year in and year out but it also clashes strangely with the arguments that we heard during the pandemic season because they made it seem like there were such slim margins throughout the rest of the season it's like that the financial reality of baseball is that they need to bring fans in and they need these gate receipts every year but if the Pirates are covering their payroll just on gate receipts in every other year, then missing gate receipts for one year doesn't actually hurt that much. Yeah. It's not the only money that they were making. 
as we just laid out. So it's like every kicker to all of these conversations that we have is just like, so they're lying to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really know what to yeah, do. Yeah, there about isn't that. much of a takeaway or the hashtag smart analysis that you can really do beyond why do we keep taking these guys seriously? Why do we keep taking them at their word? Well, that brings us directly to the last thing in where are you going to go? The hot new tipping pitches segment of 2022, um, which is a quote from A's president, Dave Cavill. This guy is just getting quotes out there for us. <laughs> He's like, tipping pitches need something to talk about this week. Hold my beer. It is the only thing he does. He exists solely to provide fodder for us and to cover John Fisher's ass in one breath. Have we ever told the story of how we tried to get Dave Cavill on the podcast a few years back? Just by incessantly tweeting at him and, and, and shooting, him shooting off cold emails. A's PR. Mm-hmm. There was a time where we were going to give this guy a platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a time uh, when I when I ran into now former A's owner Lou Wolf's grandson. I was there for this. Yes. Out- Iconic Alex Baisley moment, by the way. Right. Rocking the A's hat. We're coming home. Were we coming home from the newspaper at that yeah, point? Yeah, from work. Yeah. This is when you're really pushed to your farthest. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could have sat down and recorded the tipping pitches with you in one of those moments, some hot shit would have flown out. That's yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. This young, is going to be a different kind of podcast. Young man, young NYU student approaches me and says, my my grandfather is Lou Wolf. And I say, I have... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before, okay, you okay, okay, this, okay. before you even say this, it's like two in the morning on like a Thursday. Right. He, This man's receiving no He's, filter. I don't want to slander him, but I think had a better night than us. Probably like maybe he was going out drinking something. He looked like he was having fun. He was hanging out with a little gaggle of NYU students Mm -hmm. outside of the freshman dorm. We were not freshmen. We were juniors who just worked eight hours after going to class all day. So it's not like we were in the best mood. Yeah. (laughs) You're wearing your A's hat as you did basically every day. And then this, 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 this 18, 19 year old young man approaches you. Yeah. And, and I'm like, can I can I talk with him, please? I, I have some. You have his phone number. I have some questions for Mister Wolf. Now, now, Lou Wolf got out clearly because the business of baseball was was not quite profitable. He I, shortly thereafter sold his stake in the team, perhaps because he heard that there were some some heavy hitters who were coming with some with some big questions for him. We've been friends for a long time, but that doesn't mean that you don't still have the capacity to surprise me. Mm-hmm. You surprised me on that night. <laughs> like, if I met the grandson of Fred Wilpon, I'd probably just walk the other way. Yeah. I don't think I would have been like, I hate your granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be clear, like, wait, what I, you did. <laughs> you weren't like, fuck that guy. Right. I would slap him in the face right now. No, it wasn't like that. But you were kind of just like, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? Was like, Are you okay? Would you enjoy like that experience? It? It's like, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Tell your grandpa I said, don't come around these parts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All this brings us back to Dave Cavill. All right. <laughs> I forgot. Um, yeah. Okay. The last the last of the, the trio in Where Are You Going to Go This Week comes from Dave Cavill. He, uh, this is from an article um, written by Bill Shaken, who's a MLB reporter for the Los Angeles Times. Uh, apparently, Dave Cavill uh, was asked about if the A's get their new ballpark which they've been angling for, as has been covered ad nauseum on tipping pitches, um, you would think that with this beautiful new ballpark, that means more fans will come out, increase revenue. As we just saw from the Pittsburgh Pirates, you can make a lot of money (laughs) year over year at just selling hot dogs at ballparks. Turns out when you get charged $18.50 for a beer and $9.50 for a hot dog, that extra profit actually goes somewhere. (laughs) Um. So Dave Cavill was asked about what the A's payroll will look like if they get their new ballpark or when they get their new ballpark. I guess they will get it somewhere, whether it's Las Vegas or Oakland. Will the A's be in the top 10 of payroll? Dave Cavill says 100%. The A's will be in the MLB's top 10 payrolls. So it's just going to happen then, right? So just that's it. Congratulations. Book it. Wow. How does it feel? A's, we go live to Alex Baisley, lifelong A's fan. A's never seen them more than 80 million. I mean, I really went back and forth debating whether I wanted to talk about this or talk about any of these things, right. honestly. Yeah. Because it's like, on one hand, should we focus so much on this? 
should we waste so much brain space making jokes about this every week? And on the other hand, it's inescapable. How am I supposed to be a baseball fan without engaging with this? Yeah. Honestly, I had a great time watching baseball all week. We went to you and I have now been to three baseball games this year in person already. Just a week and a half into the season. We've spent so much money at baseball games. It's getting ridiculous. We need to slow down. <laughs> Pace ourselves. Pace ourselves. Always always good when we're like, we need to stop going to so many baseball games. My wallet cannot afford it. Yep. That's good for the sport. It is good for the sport. Thanks, Rob. Um, but then I, as I was sitting down to take notes for this, number one, it's like, this is what Tipping Pitches does. But number two, it's like, this is the stuff that is being foregrounded by the quote unquote stewards of the game. Phil Castellini owns the team. Dave Cavill is president of the team. Now, the Pirates didn't want this to get out, but <laughs> hey, it fit into the segment. I mean, I think it's kind of incumbent on us to continue to mock these guys out of the sport, to continue to be the heathen media presence that we strive to be. Yeah. If we believe that all of these assertions are true from Cavill. Yes. Yes, I love this hypothetical. I was going to ask you something very similar. Howard Terminal gets done. It opens in, say, I, I think their target is roughly 2027. We'll say 2028. Yep. A top 10 payroll is going to be more than $200 million. Yep. That is... We're on another CBA by then, by the way. Right. We're on another CBA by then. Uh, I The A's are cashing revenue checks at that point, so... <laughs> more more streams of income. <laughs> but that's that's obviously we are talking of them quadrupling their payroll, right? Doing nothing, nothing in the middle, mind you, right? Running 50, 60 million dollar payrolls up until then. And then what on opening day 2028? Opening not, day 2029? Not even gonna be enough players to spend that money on. Right. It is the assumption that this is going to bring in $150 million overnight? I just think that, well, number one, I think that they think that we're stupid. I should just say that. Right. That's just like the foundation of these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that the vision that they would like to sell you, and it trickles into the whole ballpark conversation with the A's. The vision that they would like to sell you is we're going to be exactly like the Giants. We're going to have a ballpark right on the water. It's going to be state-of-the-art. Everybody's going to love it. Everybody's going to want to play here. Everybody's going to want to come see a game. Oakland is the new hot shit. We could do 45 minutes right now on the gentrification of Oakland <laughs> right. and how that will impact the athletics and what their plan what their plan is with this ballpark. But it clearly is what they're factoring in. They're like, yeah, look, all this tech money is going to trickle over to Oakland eventually. Why not spend it at the ballpark? Mm -hmm. I just think it's, <laughs> it's so craven to insinuate that you can't spend any of this money now you can only spend it once you've received your blood money i guess like once you've once you've dangled that carrot in front of the city of oakland long enough that they just do anything in their power to, to jump out and grab it i don't know it's when you start to think about how much else has to how much space the a's have to take up for all of this to happen it starts to just become really distasteful to be like, we'll start spending when you do this for us. Yeah, the argument seems to be that the thing that will get fans into the ballpark are, are shiny new toys, like a new stadium, redeveloped surrounding area, maybe a highly inefficient gondola that takes you from downtown Oakland to the ballpark. <laughs> and again, this just, I mean... People will come, Ray, from far and wide. They'll come to ride this highly inefficient gondola. They'll come from Lakeshore. They'll come from the Diamond District. Yes, they will. They yes, will they come will. from Redwood Heights. Yes, they will. Oh, people will come, Ray. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let's go back to 1988, the year the A's lose the World Series. Their attendance ranks 7th out of 14th. This is playing, I don't know if you heard, uh, the stadium they were in was the uh, the Oakland Coliseum. Heard of it. The following year, they win the World Series. Their attendance ranks second out of 14th. This is, at the time, they were playing at the Oakland Coliseum. 
The same Oakland? Same one. Coliseum from the year before? The, but not the same from now, right? <laughs> the the year after that, and it really it pains me to say these words, they lose the World Series. This is in 1990. Their attendance ranks second out of 14. This is at the time they are playing at the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> the year after that, they don't make the playoffs. Their attendance ranks third out of 14th at the time they are playing at the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> come all the way back around it's funny again (laughs) i have a feeling that it was not the shiny new amenities that were drawing people to the ballpark at that point you know who was on that team ricky henderson yeah mark mcguire yep dennis eckersley heard of him heard of him Mm -hmm. many of them uh known to have some of their best years with the a's yeah i mean the notion that a new expensive ballpark that is partially paid for by public funds or whatever anybody but john fisher basically the notion that that is the only way to bring in fans is just it's incredibly convenient mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah that's really nice yeah give me this big huge asset it's the only way i can keep the team going it would never help to put a good product on the field no. it would never help to lower ticket prices it would never help to lower concessions none of these things would help the only thing that can help the only solution that is possible is giving me this huge big asset that's worth billions of dollars. Yeah. You can even fast forward to the early 2000s, right? The Moneyball A's, in which I, I don't know if you watched the movie, but their whole shtick was not getting stars, right? But they feel that successful baseball teams, and you know what? Their attendance numbers were right in the middle of the pack of the American League. They weren't at the top, maybe because they didn't have the Ricky Hendersons <laughs> of the world. But it didn't matter because they made the, the playoffs four straight years and they were interested in fielding competitive baseball teams. Quite a lull that next decade Yep, when they weren't really interested in doing that. I don't know. It makes me think there's something other than the ballpark itself that is keeping fans away. I just think it is, it's, you know, it's just, it's really, unfortunately, I hate to admit it, it's kind of clever. You know, mm-hmm. the way that these these management faces go about these things, because I think it would be cool to have a beautiful new ballpark. I don't have anything against the Coliseum. I've never been there, but, you know, it's probably not the nicest ballpark in baseball. Watch yourself. They could obviously <laughs> do they could update it and they can make it better. Yeah, but. I've heard enough people have legitimate gripes about the Coliseum. Right. Heard of heard of sewage, anyone? <laughs> Fans, media, players, I've heard it. Mm-hmm. It's real. I'll give Dave Cavill that. But the funds for addressing that problem, the revenue for addressing that problem, the buck for addressing that problem does not need to be passed along to anyone else except the people who purportedly run the team. But it's a sexy idea to sell people, though. Like, we're going to get this beautiful new ballpark. It's going to be state-of-the-art, and we're going to fill it, and it's going to rock, and it's going to be a great place to, to, see a, to see a ball game. It's like what all businesses do in America. They're like, yes, we have to raise the prices on this item a little bit, but you know what you're getting in exchange? Luxury. Mm-hmm. It's like what airlines do. They like, they're like give you some pretzels, and they're like, now this... Now this flight costs $568. And you're just like, sure. And then when you look at the ticket price, they break it down and they're like, so much of this is fuel. Some of this is like air, you know, airline maintenance. And I'm like, how much of this is the 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 profit that buys back the stocks for the CEO of right. this airline? Yeah. Like, I don't see that line item. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's it's no different than what Dave Cavill is doing. It's no different than what John Fisher is doing. Yeah. Just being like, if you want it to be better, you have to pay for it to be better. And I'm like, no, actually, you have to pay for it to be better. You're the person that owns it at the end of the day. <laughs> well, I'll happily pay for it to be better if you, if the city expropriates it. <laughs> like, otherwise, it's not my fucking problem. Yeah. Well, and as Bob Nutting and Co. seemed to have shown us, you actually don't need to still be bringing people in the front door to be making a pretty penny, right? It's not like the. Pirates have done great as far as attendance goes as of late. They've topped out at ninth out of 15 in the last three decades. 
three decades. They've mostly been sitting around 13, 14, 15 in the league. As we heard earlier, that money is covering their payroll and they are pocketing tens of million dollars after that. So the notion that there are no fans coming to the games, the ballpark is not an enticing place to play. Therefore, it is financially impossible for us to feel the competitive baseball team until we have a new stadium, until we have people coming in that door. It just, it just doesn't track. It doesn't make sense. No. Um, thank you, Dave Cavill, for your participation in this week's episode of Tipping Pitches. Um, what, do you think of, what do you think of the title for the segment? Where are you going to go? Does it hold up? I love it. Great. You yes, love it. I'm on board. Wow. Okay. We'll see how the fans like it. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, uh, a couple a couple housekeeping updates. Bobby, this past week was Jackie Robinson Day. Mm-hmm. There's really not much for us to say on the league's dereliction of their duty in honoring Jackie Robinson's legacy. We've talked about it here in the past. We've talked about it on our own. We've talked about it with one Shakia Taylor who wrote a, a wonderful piece over at Baseball Prospectus talking about the, the myriad ways that the league could actually honor his legacy. Mm-hmm. It's linked in the show notes. I highly encourage everyone to read it. Here's what the league did do. The only thing they know how, they apparently. Dropped, they dropped an NFT. I know we said we weren't going to talk about individual player NFTs on this podcast. I know it's a banned topic. Not exactly what I was imagining when I banned that topic. <laughs> really, I think not what anyone was imagining. <laughs> so instead of retreading over this ground, I'd like to pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. What do you think the most offensive NFT is that the league could drop in trying to honor their history. Oh. Oh, so we're going for most offensive. Well, it okay, it doesn't have to be most offensive. I guess what's the one that might catch you off guard the least, right? That's <laughs> that says I didn't think they'd go down that road. <laughs> cuz cuz I have a, I have a couple in my head, but I want to I want to open the floor to you. Well, I thought you were going to ask what would be worse for the what would be the worst NFT that they could possibly concoct for the timeline. And I was going to be like Probably like an Alex Bregman NFT because he's so boring, yeah, but also so corny, and he would just be, you know, hawking it all the time, right? <laughs> like every opportunity he would get, like he has with his hot sauce. Um, I'm saying, perfect world. What is the most outlandish NFT they could drop that would just give us the pod for the week? Oh, it would probably have to be Marvin Miller and Kurt Flood. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. then neither of the Miller or Flood family profits from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, like, that, like the, the iconic photo of Miller and Flood, they drop it as an NFT. Right. But it's, like, been, been, been redesigned. Maybe, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, they the, they just they take that photo and make it, which is like I think public domain at this point. They, like, the thought of a the thought of a Marvin Miller NFT is kind of making me sick to my stomach. If we're yeah. being honest, what else did you have? Here here were some uh, here's some ideas. These are these are free to the league if they want to take them. Okay, okay. an NFT giving away intellectual property. We are giving away on intellectual property. Yes, uh, an NFT of the Mitchell Report. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. An NFT. This one might exist. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> done it. There, there is like an NFT like archive, right? There is a there is a site on which you can buy MLB uh, NFTs. Uh, Rick Monday saving the American flag at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> there are actually like that's. I feel like that's mainstream enough that people would probably buy that. Yeah. Right? Like there's a portion of the league for whom that is perfect. That is what they want to own. Yeah. Um, the Bartman highlight, <laughs> the Bartman highlight. Wow! Like you Im- own the official video of Bartman preventing the catch. Yes, immortalize him on the blockchain. The worst moment of this man's life. They would do it, and they would be like, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm surprised they never so- sold like 
Bartman starter pack merch. Right. You know, like you buy, get the like headphones. Buy the Bartman headphones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else? Was that it? You got any more? Lou Gehrig's luckiest man on earth speech. NFT it. Book it. Again, this was one that I thought maybe they'd already done. <laughs> I love how little credit you're giving them. It's good. It's it's right. You're right to do it. Once again, really didn't think we'd get a Jackie Robinson NFT out here. But folks, Rob Manfred is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> An NFT of all of the scabs who came in during the lockout. <laughs> oh, Individual NFTs for each yes, scab. Yes. That would give us a lot of content. That would give us so much content. We could buy them. We bought the scabs. <laughs> we own the scabs. We owned all the scabs and Joe West's lost album that's all i need in wow. life wow we're this is a portfolio at this point mm-hmm. that's a lot of stuff this is this is an investment okay um can, can we move on <laughs> please should we talk uh, about our nfts yes uh we are launching an nft um it's it's an nft of a real life t-shirt that you can buy <laughs> if we call it an nft maybe more people will buy it and pay mm-hmm. more money for it ten thousand dollar nft of a t-shirt uh we are finally launching some more new t-shirts uh, it's been a little while, you know, the lockout put us on pause for a while. Uh, me moving across the country put us on, on pause for a little while. And we've heard your pleas, repeated pleas for us to make your team's unionize the miners shirt. Um, I'm not going to give it away as to which team we are launching. Well, because none of them are, uh, inspired by teams, right? They are all proprietary designs. Right. This is parody. <laughs> I don't think that really extends that far. Um, I'm not going to say which which Unionize the Miners design is coming next. We will also be launching one, potentially two new designs that are not Unionize the Miners. They'll have an anti-owner sentiment. I mean, you know what it is. Yeah. You'll, you'll probably think it's... You'll probably chuckle. Maybe. <laughs> Hope you buy it. Please buy it. Um, we'll be getting these t-shirts up within the next couple of weeks. But this will be the last time that we'll be specifically teasing merch on the podcast because of the next news that we have, which is that we're going to start a tipping pitches Patreon. We're doing it. Was, it. it was only a matter of time, <laughs> y'all. I mean, you sit in the same Brooklyn apartment recording a podcast long enough. The Patreon just kind of spawns itself out of thin air. <laughs> it comes to you. <laughs> um, the details are not released of that. It'll probably be three tiers. We will make it eminently available where you can find the link to that in the podcast description, in our Twitter bio, once we have it actually launched. But, you know, for the folks that listen to the very end of the podcast, we thought we would give people a quick heads up. Do you want to you want to kind of give people a preview of what might be available in the Patreon or do you want to keep that as, as you said, proprietary top secret clearance only information <laughs> i think we can give the folks a little a little taste i mean as you mentioned uh patreon subscribers will be the first to know about any new merch that is dropping they'll have the the first shot at that they will have access to extended conversations ones that perhaps didn't make the cut into the podcast they will have access to a private tipping pitch of slack where you can just shoot the shit with us, you know, <laughs> get out the DMs into the Slack. Right? That's, that's what I'm always that's, saying. That's what I'm always saying as well. <laughs> uh, an opportunity for more more intimate conversations with you and I. Wow, Bobby, <laughs> so open ended right there. The way that you introduced, I love the salesman Alex that's happening right here. Right, of course, love seeing Alex need to be a a capitalist. <laughs> We live in a society. You get a dude. private Slack. You get a private Slack. You get an intimate conversation. You get an exclusive. You'll probably get like you know exclusive promo codes for merch right. to exactly. you know like one time free T shirts that kind of thing as well. And maybe even you know I don't. Some of you may have heard that in a past life we we used to write. We may once again. Wow! Dust off those keyboards. <laughs> There'll be a bunch of other Crack stuff the too. Knuckles, yeah, we don't, we don't need yeah. to give the full list down right now because the Patreon, I, as I said earlier, is not yet created, not yet publicly available. We are still working on getting everything in order before we fully launch it out into the world, so that we're not like launching it and changing it and confusing a bunch of people. But just know that it's in the works. We're doing it. 
it's real. And a preemptive thank you to anybody who is interested in subscribing for any of that extra stuff, or even just at a you know at the lowest level thank you tier that will be available to people too. You know, we make this podcast in our free time. This is not our full time job. Um, it it's still a lot of work, despite it not being our full time job. It's fun for us, obviously, but it takes up a lot of our real life time in the world. And we're we're so incredibly thankful for people who listen to it because of that and will not lament anybody who can't or isn't interested in paying for a Patreon. But for those of you who are comfortable doing that, are able doing that, it would it would really mean a lot to us to, you know, get on the path of being compensated for our work here. <laughs> Something that's very important to us. Um, and, and, you know, in the long run, commit more to the Tipping Pitches podcast. Yeah. And the greater Tipping Pitches experience. Right. Exactly. This weekly episode going to remain free, right? We want to, we will always be back on our bullshit in your feeds <laughs> every Monday or Tuesday if we're at Bobby's family's for Easter. You know? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that's why this podcast is a day late. It's fine. <laughs> so rest assured, you'll, you'll still be able to see us here on a weekly basis. But if you want access to any of those extra goodies, keep your eyes peeled. We'll, uh, we'll be dropping more news about that soon. I don't know why you lied and, and didn't tell the people that if you live in New York City, this podcast will be blacked out. You have to pay an exclusive patreon level to get in market podcasts yeah we're actually well that's the third piece of news is that we're joining forces with valley sports <laughs> uh that's parody that's actually parody. That actually is we parody. are not joining forces with valley sports uh what we are doing is ending this podcast and coming back into your feeds for free still next week thanks everybody for listening Hello everybody, uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya!